yesterday we looked at the re-entry of sin um, into the picture after the flood. We saw that um, despite being a righteous man, Noah uh, makes some mistakes. There is ongoing corrupting influence in the human um, spirit that uh, caused God to send the flood in the first place. So we see that we don't um, we don't have a, a clean restart. This sin is still there to Noah, and it's passed on through his children. So today we uh, finish up uh, Genesis <clears throat> chapter nine. I'm reading now, when Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him, he said, cursed be Canaan. The lowest of the slaves will he be to his brothers. He also said, praise be to the Lord, the God of Shem. May Canaan be the slave of Shem. May God extend Japheth's territory. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be the slave of Japheth. Okay, so... To, to recap, Noah's son, Ham, does something um, to severely dishonor and shame Noah. And we talked about the fact that maybe that is that he slept with his own mother or he slept with Noah's um, wife, who was not actually his mother. Anyway, um, the first thing that we notice is that when Noah figures this out, he doesn't go after Ham. He goes after uh, Ham's son, Canaan. So this seems like a strange thing to do, but you could say, well, maybe that's because Canaan is the descendant of the union between Ham and this woman, his mom, or just his husband's, his father's wife. Um, if that's the case, you now have the difficult decision to say, well, why in the world is the kid in trouble for the sins of his father? Uh, that takes us down a whole set of ethical questions. Um, but you also then see that if, if that's happening, you've got some guilt being ascribed to Canaan's descendants, the Canaanites, uh, who are going to be living in the land of Canaan. Um, so God is ultimately going to give the land of Canaan, uh, the Canaanites, and there's other people who live in this land of Canaan sort of becomes a, an overarching term to describe the land that will later be called Israel or called Palestine, whatever. Um, but God is going to say to Abraham, I'm going to give you that land. But he says to Abraham, at some point, you're not going to be in that land. Uh, and you're, you're going to be outside of that land. And there's going to be, this is the whole, you know, the Jews are in Egypt. This is the whole book of Exodus. But he said at some point, um, you are going to go back to that land, but it's going to, there's going to be a delay because the sin uh, of the people in the land has not yet uh, reached the point, its full measure. So there's a sense in which God is then going to use the Jews leaving Egypt and going back into the land of Canaan, taking that land, and part of that is the punishment that is being extended to the Canaanites for their ongoing sin. But look, Here's the bigger picture here. What we get if we, if we go to 30,000 feet and we're looking down on this passage, Genesis 4 through 11, is we see we're back in the same old cycle. Oh my goodness, we got people being bad. And then we've got consequences of this bad and we've got the bad growing and, and, and causing all kinds of ripple effects and being a problem. So this is a pattern that's going to go throughout the Old Testament. Human sin keeps popping up and keeps 
wreaking havoc. And God continues to respond to it with judgment, with grief, and with grace. And eventually, what we're going to see is that there's going to be a difference in this whole pattern because God is going to take that judgment upon himself. When we get to Jesus, we're going to see that Jesus is going to take the sins of the world upon himself, and he is going to then uh, bear the punishment for those sins, and he is going to die in our own place. And in that sense, there is a, a, this understanding that he is going to break this cycle, and indeed, he is going to do it in a way that is going to be profoundly good for you and me. There's a lot going on here. Have a good day.